It's the Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen here with Elizabeth Reese. And uh, thank you to Mary and Donna who held on the line. We're going to go ahead and take your calls now. Uh, Mary, thanks for holding on over the break. What can we help you with on the Ask Stephanie continuation of the show? Hi, Mary. Are you there? For Mary. Okay. Hi, Mary. Oh, I'm such a fan of both of yours. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Elizabeth, I have a question for you. You, I finally grew delicata squash. Oh, yay. Now, now what do I do with it? Oh, this is a great question. (laughs) You will love your delicata squash. So delicata squash are my favorite squash variety. They're kind of small and oval shaped. They're yellow and green striped. And what I love about them is that you can eat the skin. The skin is pretty thin on a delicata squash. And so it's like so easy to make. Um, so what I would do is slice it lengthwise, scoop out the seeds and the guts, feed that to your chickens. If you don't have chickens, then you can get those for next time. (laughs) And then, um, slice them, uh, like horizontally. So they're kind of into half moons. Does that make sense? Sure. And then what I do is just spread it on a baking sheet, toss it with, um, olive oil. And then I use this spice blend from golden fig in st paul it's called the poivre de cuisine and um it is essentially it's got like a little bit of cinnamon in it it has thyme it has all sorts of herbs and it's a pepper i like to get the pepper one because then i can control my own salt sure toss it together roast it at 400 for probably 15 20 minutes and like the edges get kind of crispy It is so delicious. So I'll eat that. Like we eat that on its own all the time. Um, It's great to cook up, like cook up the squash and then toss it with some pasta and um, some Parmesan and some like cooked up Italian sausage and add a little bit of cream to it. I mean, it will be like the most delicious pasta (laughs) dish ever. It's really great. Like with any squash, like with fried sage leaves. Okay. There you go, Mary. With those, if that helps. Right. I could go on about the delicata all day, but that's what I have for you. <laughs> We're going to go ahead. Thank, Thank you, you for calling, Mary. We really appreciate it. Donna, you've been holding on the line. Thank you so much. I am just guessing you have a question for Elizabeth, too. Uh, well, both of you, actually. Oh, good. Sure. Uh, so my husband and I won an overnight at the Minneapolis Renaissance Hotel, the Depot, and then tickets to tomorrow's Vikings game. Fun. Figured out dinner tonight. I think we're going to do like red cow or pizza luce. Yep. But I'm looking for someplace close to the depot for breakfast tomorrow or an early brunch. Oh gosh, this is going to be you. Um. Okay. Let me just think because you're you're fairly close to Hell's Kitchen, which I think is a phenomenal place to go to brunch. Have you ever been? I have. It's been about ten-ish years though. Yeah, oh, gosh, that so place good. is better than ever. Um, the okay. Manoman porridge with the wild rice and the cream and the berries and the nuts and the best peanut butter in the land. <laughs> um, so I think that's a great spot. Also, Red Rabbit has um, their uh, a little further down Washington and they have brunch. They have this sausage that they make homemade that I kind of lay at night and think about because it's so good. Um, so I really love their sausage there. And they've also got really delicious like breakfast bowls. <laughs> that are kind of hearty and savory. Okay. So okay. I would I would try those spots. I'm trying to think, you know, it's not, it's kind of more the dinky town way past the stadium, but Republic is over there mm-hmm. and they have a really delicious burger, a great turkey burger and like, I don't know, 78 beers on tap. So that's kind of a fun spot too. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, okay. The Republic? It, called Republic. Okay. Yep. And it's uh, at Seven Corners. 
awesome. You guys, thank you so much. Thank you. How fun that she won. Oh my gosh, I love that. That's amazing. Like a perfect weekend event. Yeah, and just to walk around a little bit. And you know, the down by the stadium, that East Town, I think is what they call it, is starting to revitalize a little bit. But Mm -hmm. you've got Grumpy's down there. You've got Day Block Brewing. You have Sanctuary, which is a more fine dining restaurant. True. Um, And then, oh, I should just say too, one of my favorite places is Unboxes Akaya. I know. They are, John and Lena there are the nicest people in the world. They make great ramen. Um, They're just lovely. They have gyoza and all the little bits and bites. And that would be fun too if you're interested in that. Oh, that's a fun kind of a spot for a brunch. Oh, I love them so much. Great. Um, Okay. So that leads us to our top two an hour two. Hope you're ready, Iris. Presents top two, top two. The top two. Pick your best two. In our two. All right, give me two. All right, so if you listen to the show, you know my husband Kurt gets a bad rap sometimes just because I'm so honest about everything. And (laughs) I was working on a segment about being um, single first dates. And you can find that on the Weekly Dish page if you're someone who's new to the dating scene, where to go for first dates. And I put on my Instagram page, you know, after... It's been 26 years, and I'm looking for first date spots, which in retrospect... And you said, help single friends. I need help single friends. So So I got a few few people asking me out on dates. I got a lot of people feeling sad for me. I got Elizabeth Reese texting Stephanie March going, oh my gosh, are Stephanie and Kirk getting divorced? I did the classic (laughs) Minnesota thing, which was don't go directly to the person, go to the person closest. There you go. (laughs) That's what I did. Um, But I'm here to tell you, I am not getting divorced. I just was working on a story. But then I was, I had to tell him because, yep. you know, social media, I was like, in case anyone asks you if we're getting divorced, here's why. <laughs> so then I was going to a ladies happy hour last night and I wasn't going to get home till seven. And I said, Hey, can you just cook some dinner tonight? And he was like, well, yeah, but I'm, I'm just going to make like steak and a salad. Great. And I was like, okay, great. <laughs> like sometimes just someone cooking for you is pretty awesome. And he does cook a lot up north, but he doesn't cook a lot at home for whatever reason. So I was like, yeah, that's great. Fine. Do it. And, you know, this is eight o'clock in the morning. And then I was like, wow, way to like just phone it in. You know, you can't like think about anything. And I was kind of just irritable. And he's retired. Yeah. And so like all day, all he has to do is walk the dog and make dinner. And he's already setting me up for the lowest expectations in the world. So of steak and a salad, Stephanie, your life, honestly. I know, but I was like, come on, do better. And I was just irritated. <laughs> so then I got home and I'm always late. So I text like I'm leaving right now. I got home at like 720 and I walked in the door and there is the most beautiful tomahawk steak in the world. Whoa! This is like a ribeye, which is my favorite cut of meat, yep. but it's got the, the bone, the bone. Yes. and you can like literally like tomahawk chop it because the way they cut it and it's cooking it like a roast almost if you're cooking it on the grill because you have to cook it low and slow because it's like two inches thick. It's oh so my fat. gosh. I love that. I love a ribeye so much. Me too. too. That's my so, favorite, favorite me too. steak. So I was like, oh ribeye that looks good and then he goes uh yeah and you know a little pasta and i look and it's like got these dried like tomatoes in there i go oh did you put sun-dried tomatoes in there he goes no i dried them 
I was like, oh, nice. Okay. Whoa. And then like this delicious salad, which was pretty plain, but delicious with salad grill salad dressing, which is just fine with me. Great. It was a wonderful meal. And I was like, gosh, you are just not a very nice wife. Like you need to be much nicer. Not so, only did you publicize that you were getting divorced yes. or you weren't. <laughs> and then I was bitter then you about him cooking about for the me. Steak yes. and the salad. So mean. So here's my top two an hour too. Long story short, the tomahawk chop. Um, I think he got his at uh, Sam's Club, if I had to guess, because that's where he likes to go buy meat. Great. Not my favorite place, but you know. Fair. Um, but it was a beautiful steak. That's great. Tomahawk chop. Get one. I'm going to put a video online about on the Facebook page about how to cook it, because you do have to cook it a little bit different because it is so thick. Okay. But yum. All right, great. How about you? Okay, I've got first um, nitro coffee. Nitro coffee, if you haven't been drinking nitro coffee, I think you've been missing out and more and more places are starting to pop up with it. So I had nitro coffee at the um, at the farmers union at the state fair because Birchwood Cafe did their maple cream nitro coffee there. I spent six dollars, maybe six and a half dollars on one coffee. I felt bad about the price. I felt really good about the coffee. It was absolutely (laughs) phenomenal. And then I just had it again at Caribou. So Caribou, they have 30 stores that are doing a nitro coffee. I just interviewed the president of Caribou for a segment on Twin Cities Live coming up. And so um, he said, come on, let's try this and you can pour this and have it. What I love about it is that it's, I love cold press, but the nitro cold, it has like a smoother flavor and it misses the bitter bite at the end of the coffee. It's so delicious. So I'm going to blow your mind right now. Where, are you, where else do you have nitro coffee? Because the caribou ones, they only have 30 stores that have it. Go to Rose Street Patisserie oh, I just at Selby. Yeah, the new and one. Dale, brand new. Yep. They have a vanilla latte on draft. And it sounds weird, but it's just nitro coffee. Yeah. Cold press with whole milk. Yum. And a little bit of vanilla. Like, because it, guess how there's you no ruin a sugar latte? in it. You make it with skim milk. It tastes. It just the mouthfeel of it, Elizabeth. You think you're drinking heavy cream. Yum. It is so wonderful. Okay, that's and it's great. Just on draft, so it you get it in like two seconds. Yeah, nitro there's no coffee. fancy coffee pressing. It's just here you go. Fabulous. It's delicious. I love that. Okay, what else do you have? Okay, my second top two in hour two today is the uh, season. Final season of Parts Unknown. Oh, yeah. It Anthony starts Bourdain. September 23rd. Anthony Bourdain's final season. Um, I just want you to watch it. I can't even hardly talk about it because I'll start to feel verklempt. Yeah. When I see like pictures of him. I, I don't know. Something about him really connected me with food very early on. Yeah. And I then got an opportunity to meet him. I really feel connected to his being sort of a flawed man who was trying his hardest and was a great storyteller. Yeah. So that's my second one. So watch that. Yeah. Starting on the 23rd. Okay. My last um, top two in hour two is the easiest apple crisp ever. We were talking about apples earlier in the show and we made this on Twin Cities Live this week. Robin Asbell, who uh, makes all sorts of vegetarian and vegan foods on Twin Cities Live and constantly surprises me by how delicious it is when she makes it and how (laughs) flavorful. I'm always like, oh, this will be fine. And then I eat it and I'm like, oh, Robin, you're so good. She made this instant apple crisp with a vanilla glaze. Um, We'll link it up on the Facebook page and the Weekly Dish show page. What was so fun about it is that you cook the apples with some seasonings and um, a little bit of maple syrup in, you can use any kind of skillet, but cast iron is great. And then she cheats by using pre-made granola. This is so smart. So smart, stuff. So you don't bake this at all. You just 
make the apples. They turn like sticky and glossy and delicious. And then you put the granola on top and then she makes a super simple glaze with just, you know, powdered sugar, milk, easy. And then glaze the top and scoop it out. And it was another thing that I thought, well, there's no way this can be as good as one that's baked in the oven. Stephanie Hansen, it was <laughs> over the top. And it is the easiest instant apple crisp. It'll make your house smell amazing and you'll be feeling so fall fabulous. And you will maybe email and thank me for sharing that with you. Oh, I think you will. <laughs> I think you will. And thank Robin. It was fabulous. Um, that is the top two an hour two for you. We have all these recipes posted on our Weekly Dish Facebook page, so you can make them. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. This is the part of the show that we just started last week, kind of doing it officially. We, it is a maker's moment, so we're going to go ahead and start with our fancy, our fancy intro. You're a maker. You're a hero. It's time for the Maker's Moment, a visit with one of Minnesota's many creators, artisans, and entrepreneurs who make the Twin Cities such a cool food scene. I make things. You're a genius. Make it. For more stories like this, check out Stephanie Hansen's podcast, Makers of Minnesota, on Podcast One or wherever you find your podcasts. All right. We are here with Jen Alexander. Jen, I came across your product um, I think through Lake Winds Co-op. Um, first of all, I just have to say how beautiful your skin and your hair look. And this is part of the story, right? Thank so you. I was first introduced to your product by Lake Winds. And then I went on your website. Will you so tell us what it is that you, may, you just have Jen's jars, but you had mm-hmm. like a personal health story that kind of led you on this path to whole ingredients. So tell us about that. Right. Yeah. So um, it was about five years ago that I officially tran- transitioned to a full plant-based diet. Um, I was dealing with some health issues at the time. And, um, you know, back in that day, about five years ago, it was not easy to find plant-based foods that were also unprocessed. Okay. Can I ask you a more specific question? Right. And I hope I'm not like outing you or anything, but... You mentioned that you were having some physical issues, but also Mm. some mental health issues. And you're a pretty young woman. What kind of symptoms were you experiencing? Because I think a lot of people that are struggling with mental health, food can be a way out of that, but it's not talked about very much. Right. So I think that that is um, a huge part of the the aspect for me was that I was having like kind of mental fog. I was having um, emotional ups and downs. Mm I mean, granted, it was a, you know, mid-20s is not yeah. always an easy time of your life. Um, Were you feeling anxious, too? Yep. I was having anxiety issues, depression issues, um, and a lot of my health-related issues were, you know, like skin-based. I would have eczema yeah. or, um, you know, random rashes that would pop up. And going to the doctor, they just prescribe you a cream. Yeah, to we put just on. talked about oh, that listen, earlier. Sister, this yeah. is this goes on in my house, so I totally get it, and it can right. be super frustrating. So what was the light bulb moment for you where you thought food is going to be something I'm going to try to make a difference with? Yeah, well, actually, uh, my mother-in-law had um, gone through a plant-based diet to treat cancer, um, and she now is five years cancer-free. Oh my goodness. Um, so that was a big, you know, kind of aha moment for yep. me that I really realized that, like, food is such a powerful tool. Um, So that was when, yeah, I started having my health issues. I said, I'm just going to cut out anything that could cause inflammation in my body and anything that takes energy away from my body's immune system and its ability to heal itself. So when it came to the things that you decided to cut out, what, what's the list? 
So it might well, make us. Yeah, really. <laughs> we're gonna go. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was already a vegetarian, um, but definitely not from a health standpoint necessarily. Um, so I also then cut out dairy and gluten and um, sugar, refined sugars completely because. Sugar was probably the hardest part, actually, to give up because it's such an addictive substance. It lights up your brain like drugs. It really does. Yeah. Um, and that was actually the hardest part of it. Um, but I also cut out any preservatives. My big thing was anything I can't pronounce on a label, unless it's, you know, one of those superfoods that you just yeah. don't know how to it's say Like a correctly. fancy berry. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, um, you know, anything I can't pronounce, I just don't want to put in my body. So, so in your journey to find foods that you can eat, you started Jen's Jars. And these really appealed to me right away when I saw them because they're in mason jars. And we're going to talk about chicken broth because I'm obsessed with. But I'm everything I eat is in a mason jar these days. Yeah. So your products are in a mason jar. You've got a hummus. You've got a pesto that I thought was just out of this world. Thank you. You've got some soups. Tell me about um, your journey to coming into a product. Well, so um, mason jars ended up being a huge tool for me. My family calls me a jorder, a.k.a. jar hoarder. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm a jorder too. Yes. That's such it a good term. Like, it, honestly, like jars are, um, not only do I love them because they're just like cute and there are so many different ways you can use them, but... They're a tool, especially for plant-based diets, because you're using so many whole unprocessed ingredients that you need a way to store all of that, um, especially if you're um, like living a zero waste lifestyle, too, or trying to move more towards um, less plastic. We They're a great that. tool to bring to the bulk section with you. So, um, you know, at home, we store all of our nuts, seeds, legumes, grains, Um and it's all really nicely organized in my cupboards. And you put this stuff into these darling jars. I mean, this is stuff. I'm sure you saw these on the co-op shelf and you were like, must buy everything. I just was really intrigued by them. Yeah, because I I love pesto and I don't have a garden in the last couple of years. I, mm. It's a longer story, but I don't have a garden anymore. So I don't have basil. And I'm the pesto you can buy in the supermarket is just not as good. It's not good. So well, I, I was like... I was skeptical when I got yours. I was like, oh, yeah, pesto. Okay, I'll try it. It tastes just like it would if I made it at home. Good. Well, that's the point is that these are actually all of my homemade recipes. Of course, now I'm licensed to cook yeah, out of a commercial it's kitchen. Yeah, Jen's jars. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, but they really are just things that you can make at home. Like, this is nothing new. In fact, it's old. <laughs> it's getting back to the way that food should be. You know, it's just real whole unprocessed ingredients just like you would make at home but not everybody has time to make everything from scratch you look so. like you and i hope you take this the right way but you look like a lifestyle brand waiting to happen you're wow, just you, you hair is glowing your just skin is beautiful the wow. packaging <laughs> of your products is so nice are you planning to these are available at lake winds are yep. you at other places yet so um as part of the maker to market program that's um uh, the, well, the program was created by Lakewinds and the Good Acre. Yep. Um, I'm signed on to an exclusive with them for six months. So right now I'm just there. I do sell at a couple of farmers markets as well. Um, so Which I'm, farmers markets? Um, so right now I sell at the Saturday Fulton Farmers Market. Okay. That's through um, Neighborhood Roots. Yep. Um, and then I'll be doing the Linden Hills Holiday Market. Um, and Lakewinds has three different locations. Yep. So they have the Chanhassen, Minnetonka, and Richfield, Richfield locations. Yeah. Yes. And well. you can find so. these are Jen's Jars, 
what other um, will you just keep adding extensions? So you've got yep. the hummus, you've got canned soup or soups that are not canned. They're mason jar soup. They're jars. Yeah, actually, to to just touch on that quickly, the whole um, fact that I don't can is actually a, a positive of my products because not that canning is bad. You know, we do eat a lot of sure. canned foods too, but I wanted these to be um, as nutritious as possible. So I um, obviously have to heat them to a heat that's you know, a safe, high, yeah, yep. a safe temperature, but I simmer them at medium temp so that you're maintaining as much of the nutritional integrity of the vegetables. So these are soups that you so, would put, you buy them in the refrigerated section yep. at the co-op and then you put them in your refrigerator at home. Right. And then and how long do they last? So they do have varying shelf lives, um, anything from 25 days to 30 days oh, in the fridge. Gosh. But that's why one thing that I always tell people is the jars aren't completely full and that's not because I'm stingy. <laughs> it's so that you can actually put the glass jar right into your freezer. You got enough headspace so when it expands, yes, exactly. you're not blowing the glass. And if you glass. are afraid to put mason jars in your freezer, oh, people I do it all don't. the time. Right. Everyone always asks me that. Like, you put uh, these in the freezer? Right. I freeze broth in the freezer. I've got probably 20 jars in Same. my freezer you at any and given And me moment. both, Jorder. Yeah. Good. We're all Jorders. I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh, can we get t-shirts made that yes. say that we are Jordars? Yes. Jen's jars, uh, I just, the product is delicious. Um, the Minnesota sweet corn and jalapeno chowder, I just want to say we use that as a base for risotto in the Instant Pot. Ooh, great. It was just delicious. That's we put awesome. our rice in there. We added a little more liquid just so that the rice would soak it up. Smart and Stephanie. It was just yeah. an awesome, awesome base. Ooh, we served we it with chicken. That. And then before we go, what then what has been the health transition for you? Because we talked about those symptoms at the beginning, and I want right. to know, since you've, you've adopted this way of eating, what happened? Well, um, it was so successful that I started a business. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I couldn't not share this with other people because it changed every aspect of my life from obviously like you said thank you for your compliment but my skin my hair yeah my nails, you're just glowing to the way that I felt waking up in the morning mm -hmm. it just I couldn't like I said not share this yeah food is powerful so it, it really, really is, is. and it has healing powers and it's hard because for a lot of people you know it's a really restrictive situation but I will just say if you're suffering from these things you're already suffering. So why not just try for, did you, were right. you able to add any of those things that you cut oh, out yeah. back into your diet once so, you stabilized? Yep. I am quite a bit um, more lax now as far as um, like, I'll do some unrefined sugars. Yep. I'm, I don't follow a strict vegan diet. I do like to get some, um, mm -hmm. you know, like B12 into my diet naturally. Yeah. I do take a supplement as well, but, um, but you know, there at the time I was, when I cut out um, sugar, for example, I cut out all sugars. In fact, even natural sugars at the time because I really wanted to give my body time to detox. Yep. Which was very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I realized how much... I was addicted to sugar by the withdrawal symptoms. I that love that I, you're being so open about that because I think the sugar thing is so something that it is just permeates everything that we eat. It's hidden in everything. And that's... For me, if I'm going to eat sugar, I want to know that I'm eating something with sugar mm -hmm. in it. I don't want it hidden into every I don't want to waste food. it in my pasta sauce. Right. <laughs> like, sugar does not need to be in soup. No. Sugar does not need to be in every product that 
we we buy. Yeah. And it's so hidden in lots of foods. It mm-hmm. is in so many different forms. Yeah, I feel that way too. If I'm going to have sugar, I want it to be a cupcake, man. And I yeah, want it to be right. really good and I want to love indulging. it and enjoy it. Yeah, And right. then you know to balance the rest of your day because that's what happened. Or if you start to have weird feelings about things, you're like, oh, it's probably because I ate the sugar yeah. and right. tomorrow's going to be better. And it's so apparent once you stop eating sugar because I can... I can detect the tiniest little bit of sweetener now, like something that, you know, a really dark chocolate or something that might not taste sweet to somebody else. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so sweet. So you you just realize. Yeah, it is Jen's jars. They're available at Lakewinds Co-op as part of the Maker to Market program. Thank you for being on today. I can't wait to try these. I do have a couple new soups coming. Okay, So all right. Coming soon. Like it. Well, thank you for being on. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen here with Elizabeth Reese from Twin Cities Live. Hi, and we friends. Just uh, ushered a Jen from Jen's Jars on her way, Jen Alexander. Oh, gosh, I could have talked to her for another day. Oh, and just she's got a great story. I did put a link to the products on our Facebook page. I'm so excited about this new segment. I, I started out, we would have people on Weekly Dish that would be making cool products and we would get like 10 minutes with them. Yeah. So I was like, that is not enough to get their business story. So I asked to do the podcast, yep. Makers of Minnesota, and I have 106 episodes. Boy. And I find that I keep gravitating back to food because I love that space so much. But it's to like hear people's stories about how they started their personal journey to create their businesses mm-hmm. and then hear about like the challenges they have along the way. Do you ever eat or drink a Superior Switchel? I love, yes. Okay, yes. so... She, her story on Makers of Minnesota, when we got, when I talked to her, for whatever reason, her story stands in my mind is like, if you're going to make a product, listen to her episode in particular, because she really like broke it down and went through all the steps of how she started the product and then making the product and then feeling overwhelmed by making the product. And just, it's such a, I love doing that podcast so much. You can find it anywhere you find your podcasts. I could just go on and on. That is so cool. I love, someone asked me yesterday, they're like, what? Like, how would you describe what you do? Because you do so many things. I was like, you know what? At the end of the day, I love helping people discover things uh-huh. like new foods, new businesses, new ways of doing things, new recipes, like new cancer treatments, like whatever it is. I just I love because I love just sharing that information. I love helping people find new stuff. That is a good job. One You're of the a new stuff finder. Yes. Or even the old stuff that you forgot about and you need to refine again. New to you stuff. Yeah. Um, One of the things that we talk about a lot, and Jason Matheson makes so much fun of me because when I fill in in the morning, I always come, I have my thermos of coffee, and then I have my jar of bone broth. (laughs) Yes. And I don't even know how I started drinking bone broth. I think our friend Stephanie Meyer, who Mm -hmm. has an autoimmune protocol and she makes a bone broth, got me first thinking about it, but... The idea of bone broth is just you are extracting the nutrients out of animal bones in order to get that collagen, in order to get that protein and those vitamins and those nutrients into your own body. And people always wonder what the difference between like a stock and a bone broth is. I mean, a lot of it is just the length of time that the broth is simmered because it takes a certain amount of time to get the collagen out of the bones. That's right. So if you're making like a quick chicken stock and you're just like simmering you know, some meat and some bones and some vegetables and whatever, you're not going to have enough time to get that collagen out of the bone. So like when I make bone broth, I have it in the slow cooker for 24 hours minimum. And do you roast? 
I don't because I use already roasted bones. Okay. So like I I have you know containers in my freezer of chicken bones. So if I like buy a rotisserie chicken or if I roast a chicken or if I make chicken thighs or whatever, I roast those things and then I've got the bones and I put them all in a bag and then I throw them in the slow cooker. Okay, so this is the segment is how to do this because people ask me all the time. So in my freezer, like I'm assuming your freezer, Mm -hmm. our freezers get a lot of action. I have three freezers, baby. I just have two. Um, (laughs) I would have three if my husband would let me. (laughs) Uh, I have a giant like Ziploc bag and whenever I peel an onion or I peel a carrot, I put all of those scraps inside this plastic bag in the freezer. Then if I get a roast chicken, I put the bones in there. If I get a roast chicken from a store, I put the bones in there. If you know how you get a roast chicken sometimes from the store and there's like all the fatty like stuff that's kind of coagulated in the bottom of the the plastic tin, I like dig that out, put that in the freezer and I don't even keep different bags, which I think some people think is weird. But so like if I have a steak bone, I'll put that in my bag, too. You do. Yeah. But I'm weird. A lot of people keep it separate. I keep it separate in terms of like the veg and the chicken. I just throw it all in there. Here's another thing that I do that people think is gross. Just in full disclosure. When we've eaten chicken thighs, like as a family and we've had our meal, I literally will scrape all those bones into the bag, even though. Like my husband them. ate one, my kid ate one. Do you do that? Yeah. Okay, good. Because people think that's weird. But then you have all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes if I don't have enough bones, I'll go and I'll buy necks and backs and the cheapest chicken pieces, parts I can find at the co-op. You can buy feet. Feet. Yeah, whatever it is. I will just whatever chicken parts. Then I put all of these things in my Instant Pot. So you use the Instant Pot. I used to crock, mm-hmm. but I have a dog that is losing her uh, hearing. She can't hear anymore. She's crazy about chicken. Yeah. So if I put this in the crock pot, the smell keeps my dog up, running up and down the stairs for 24 hours. (laughs) And the downside is... It does make your home smell very brothy for yes. 24 hours. Which can and be good or bad, I, depending this on... This is the thing, Stephanie. It's good for like the first couple hours. And when you're on hour 26, it's not as good. And so my sister told me that she started doing this too, making it in the Instant Pot. Yep. And she was like, you guys, she was texting us saying, you guys, I made bone broth in the Instant Pot. It took 45 minutes and my house didn't smell like broth for days. That's exactly right. Right. And that, I think, is like a real... This is where I think I might have to go into the world of the Instant Pot just for this reason. Have you not gone there yet? No, I don't have it. I have a Cuisinart um, pressure cooker. Not the same. Which I know is not the same. It's like just not the same. Okay. And I will tell you, Reed Drummond, the pioneer woman who I'm obsessed with, yeah. has her own line. It's actual Instant Pot, but she's got like one that has like red handles and like flowers on it. It's well, so fun. cute. You can't even imagine. That's fun. Not to be a snob, but you got to get the Instant Pot. No, you are right. Because the other reason why I want the Instant Pot is um, for the rice cooker feature. Because I feel like I have an electric stove and I screw up rice. That is so... You and I are like so karmically connected. (laughs) The only thing I can't make is rice. I screw up rice and my kids love rice and beans. I make rice and beans for them all the time and it's so happy. You'll just never go back. I know. So I think what I'm going to do is get rid of the Cuisinart pressure cooker and then I will get the Instant Pot and we'll be set to go. But that broth reason is a big reason because I do... um, I don't like the aroma. So then I strain mine... 
Like I just, I have kind of like a, like a measuring cup system and a scooper system I do too. where I kind of like scoop things and pour. And you know exactly how much is going to, you line up your mason jars. Yep. I line them all up. Fill I, them all up. I actually, I like to do different sizes too, Stephanie. I don't know if you do this, but I do like the, um, I'll do like quart pint and then the half pint because I like to have a variety of what I'm going to grab for different. I'm always drinking it. Yeah. Mostly just like drink it as much, which I need to do. And I need to have my kids be drinking it. I do it as, and I also add, so I get them all lined up. I'm not a purist like you. Like I don't strain. I just, I get the strain out the vegetables and the yuck. That's all I do. Then there's like, you know, a quarter inch of fat. Usually if I've made good broth on the top, I then throw a pinch of salt into each jar, a pinch of pepper in each jar. And my magic seasoning is Heather's dirty goodness original. Okay. It's like a great poultry seasoning and I throw a little bit of that in there. And so then each jar is perfectly seasoned for drinking. If I was going to use it for risotto and stuff, I don't put a lot of salt in, so it's fine. Yeah. But that's what I do. And people are like, how do you make your bone broth? That's all I do. That's it. Yeah. So basically, I mean, the basic for me that goes in the slow cooker are the chicken bones that I have that are frozen, whatever vegetable scraps I have. And even if I don't have them scraps, I'll look and go, I'll just slice the whole end off of the bottom of the celery. Yes. And throw that whole thing in. Or the tops that or you... Or the tops. Or and the like onion skins. The and onion the garlic skins, skins that Gar- you... Um, carrot peels, you yep. know, things like that I, I put in. I always put garlic in. Um, I do a couple of bay leaves. I do whole peppercorns yep, in. I've with done it. that if and I'm then, feeling peppercorny. Yeah. And then cover it all with water and let her go. And it, for me, someone asked, like, you're on this diet. Like, I, I'm kind of on a weird diet, but it's not really a diet. All I do is two days a week, I have coffee for breakfast, chicken broth for lunch, and I have a 500 calorie dinner two you're, days a week. You're intermittent fasting. Yep. And I just give my body like a little bit of a rest on the 500 calorie. I tend to eat, I want to eat a dinner. Mm -hmm. I'm a dinner person. Mm -hmm. So I eat a piece of meat, some vegetables and a salad. That's my dinner. Yep. But I have lost 18 pounds in the last like year and a half and kept it off. And on those other days, I drink wine. I eat cupcakes. I eat chocolate. I do all the stuff I would normally do. Yeah. And I'm a big eater, people. (laughs) Like, I am a five course meal eater. I'm eating every single thing and licking that plate clean. This so is why we like you. People keep asking me about it. That's all I do. I would recommend trying it. Just even having like your own bone broth, it just makes you feel so hearty and warm and it's good for you. It's perfect for this type of season too, to recommend that, to just start being a little cozy. Oh gosh. And it's the show's almost over. No! We're going to take a break. Uh, I want to thank Red Cow and Red Rabbit for sponsoring our show. Red Rabbit is going to be opening in St. Paul. Um, they're going to be opening in the next couple weeks. I'm going to go to a preview this coming week, so I'll tell you about it. And I just want to let you know, too, that in October, and this is a little sneak preview, they have the burgers for good at Red Cow. They're going to be donating a dollar from every special burger, and we'll tell you what that burger is in October, to the Pay It Forward Fund, which is my friend Michelle Morey's, um fund that keeps money in the Twin Cities to help women struggling with breast cancer pay their bills. Great. So that's coming up in October from Red Cow and Red Rabbit. We'll be right back. We are here. It is Weekly Dish. (laughs) Sometimes I just have to remind myself where I am, what is happening, and who I am. (laughs) We did a lot of radio together this week, Steph. And a lot of like talking. I feel like when I'm with you, we're both talking just a mile a minute and nonstop. And I feel like I mean, when we're in conversations, my if my husband were here, he would be like, you need to slow down and stop interrupting <laughs> because that's what happens because you almost finish something. And I'm like, OK, great. I know. Let's go on to the next thing. Yes. And then it's vice versa. Yes, <laughs> it is hard to keep up with us radio types. We are. I sometimes go to dinner with Casey and Lori. Oh, yeah. And uh, 
just, you know, Lori and I are talking a mile a minute about all this stuff. And our husbands sometimes are just staring at us like, whoa, who wound them up? Take it easy. And they actually go out by themselves. Oh, that's so cute. And play pool and do whatever, which I think is kind of fun. All right. So this is the portion of the show where we always talk about the moral of the story. Stephanie always has good, like life lessons or morals that happened here. The only moral of the story that I have today are two things. Good. One is that it is not as gross as everybody makes me think it is to eat your family's used chicken parts because <laughs> Elizabeth Reese does it. So I feel like, all right, I do it. It simmers for so long. March does it too, actually. Yeah. In the instant pot, it gets so hot and so high and so pressurized. There's no bacteria that's getting through from anything. And the most of the time, if there's anything I'm serving to somebody else, it's getting cooked again. Like I'm, yes. you know, I'm making a soup and then using that, that broth. again and heating it up yeah. again. Uh, the second thing I want to say And this is a hard one because I don't want to sound preachy because I am in the same camp as every one of you listening. I love food. I have a hard time managing how much I eat, how much I drink. I love entertaining. I love parties. I love going out. I love it all. But at some point, if you're not feeling your best healthy wise or you're exhibiting skin disorders or you're having um, depression issues, There is so much legitimate research about that what is happening in your stomach is what's happening in your head. Yeah. And it's not a forever thing. Mm -hmm. You can take 30 days and try to figure something out. You can take 60 days. You can take a week and just maybe cut out sugar and see how that makes you feel. But if you're not feeling good, you can heal yourself with food. You really can. Yeah. And it's not a lifetime. You know, maybe you cut out peanuts and you decide, wow, I ate a peanut. I didn't have any reaction. I ate 20 peanuts. I can still eat peanuts. Hooray. (laughs) But if you're not feeling good and if you're waking up every day and just feeling foggy and yucky and you just you can really do stuff with food. It's really incredible. And it's hard for me. Um, You know, Ellie is my daughter. We've uh, she's 20 years old. She is in college. She is living on her own for the first time. She doesn't have a lot of money. She's buying dishes at the Goodwill. And, you know, she's just discovering that she can cook for herself more and she's sort of on the cusp. And I'm like, oh, cause she's had stomach problems for a year. Yeah. And I'm like, you, and you know, I can't tell your, you can't tell your own kids. She, you know, I have given her all this knowledge 25,000 times. And my best thing that I can do now is to not because it is allowing her to discover it on her own. And then she's like, oh yeah, I remember my mom telling me about that. But if I just harp on it 24 seven. Yeah, it's it's not gonna go anywhere. And food issues with your kids are really hard, mm-hmm. really hard. So that got all like weird and personal for I a second there. I think that's really nice though. That's good that, you know, there is, there. I mean, the reality is you can't escape the connection between like food and emotions. And, um, and there are different reasons why we reach for different types of foods at different times. And to just kind of, Give yourself some grace and have that understanding that there's real power in what choices that you're making. And even just like, even like my husband is, he thinks I'm a nut because I am about (laughs) food and the freezers and everything. But like he cut out sugar out of his diet a while ago. And the other day I made apple crisp on a Sunday night and it was like six o'clock when we finished dinner and he had a little bit of apple crisp. He like said he was up like all night with jangly legs, like that nervous reaction in your legs. Yeah. He was like, it was totally because of that apple crisp. Mm -hmm. And it didn't even have that much sugar in it, but he doesn't eat sugar. So giving him a little bit was like, he's, and he's much more finely tuned than I am. Mm -hmm. Like I could eat a half a pound of sugar and I'll feel terrible for a week and not even make that connection. 
he's like, he notices it right away. Yeah, that's really interesting. That is, food is a big deal. What's the moral really of your good. story, Miss Elizabeth Well, Reese? I think the moral of my story right now is that this is the best season to be eating in. That this <laughs> sure is the is. joy. And I know that people get like you, Stephanie, who started the show on a negative note, and I'm going to force <laughs> you out of it. And when you were like, oh, summer's over, and it's not going to be hot again, and man, man, the snow is coming. Guess what, people? Buck up and embrace it. This is where we're at. And so we are in the best time to eat because it is going to be squash season. It's soup, squash, soup, and sweaters is like the mantra <laughs> of my fall. I love fall and um, squash, soup, and sweaters, squash, soup, and sweaters. And Jordan, Jordan, and Jordan, and hoarding at mason jars, hoarding mason jars. Yeah. I think um, this is the time to really like get out there and start to eat even more seasonally that mm-hmm. it's so exciting because there's everything still in season. You can still grab some tomatoes and then you can also start getting the squash and the apples and things like that. And I would also um, encourage you to maybe like get out of the comfort zone. Like that woman who called and said, I finally bought a delicata squash. Cause I've been always hearing you talk about it. Yeah. Like even when you're at the grocery store, like I just walked into whole foods the other day, there's like 10 varieties of squash. I mean, yep. there's lots of different kinds where you can get a little bit more experimental. And maybe every time you're at the store, just pick up like one piece of produce that you haven't picked up before. I uh, experimented recently with pomegranate molasses. Oh, And yeah. I'm finding I'm using it for a lot of things. That's cool. Like, what have you been loving about it? Um, Just like I used it as a glaze for short ribs. Yes. I'm using it on chicken. I used it in a salad dressing. I don't even know why I had some on hand, but um, making like a yogurt spread and just kind of making your plate fancy. Fun. Oh, so, yeah. Delicious. Picking up a new thing, trying it and embrace the season stuff. Get out your flannel. Get out your flannel. Squash, soup, and what was the other Sweaters. thing? Sweater season. It's here. <laughs> uh, Steph March will be back with us next week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Check out all of our Facebook page at Weekly Dish and Stephanie's Dish and Elizabeth Reese. Thank you. Thank you.